The Myths of Selling to the Government If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to government, you're doing it wrong. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, selling and marketing to the government for years, quite successfully, thank you. Now, here's Rick. Well, hello again. This episode is our final one for 2021. It's been quite a year in the myths of selling to government world. We released our first episode on January 1st. This is our 27th. The numbers look good, and we're enjoying doing it. We seem to be getting good response, except for the fellow who asked us if we would stop doing the podcast because he didn't want his competitors to hear it. Sorry, dude. For this final one of the year, we're going to look back at the year's episodes and find patterns and overall themes. We began our journey by looking at the seven myths we identified in our book, Seven Myths of Selling to Government, which you can find on Amazon. In the book, we cited seven things we did early in our gov selling career, then later found out we were wrong. We first thought RFPs drive government business. They don't. Relationships and strong value propositions do. We kept hearing that cold calling is king. It's not. So if it's not cold calling, how do you get in the door? We think building your personal brand is the key in, including good, helpful content. We believed we should always go to the top in an organization to be successful selling. Not true in the government space. You got to go where the pain is felt the most, which probably isn't the top. We were taught that solution selling would help us win government contracts. On that one, mm, probably not. We spent hours, even days, developing sales presentations. That's fine but we were doing them all wrong. We hadn't learned the lesson of presenting the same way rock stars present their concerts, which includes a grand finale. And we weren't building enough time in our presentations to let our prospects talk. We used to collect objections in trial closes, but we found those things were way overrated in the government space. Instead, we started working on our information objectives. We assumed a sales and marketing team worked hand-in-hand. We found out that wasn't necessarily true. However, we learned what to do about it to make it true. As you can imagine, it's largely about communications. And this was the bonus one in the book. For some reason, seven myths sounded better than eight myths. Not sure why. It has to do with the saying, if it is to be... It's up to me. Not necessarily true. In the government space, you've got to build your own team to be successful. You're going to need a coach on the inside, product people who can help you solve customer problems, a boss who keeps check on your information objectives, and a lot of other folks, including those who remind you over and over to be patient. We also talked about pain mapping. I shared a backstory about sales presentation shootouts. We talked about GSA contracts, about being selfish, about tuna time, and we talked about patience. Several of our episodes addressed processes. 
seems to us that top government sales performers don't mind good processes. In fact, they like them. And speaking of top government sales performers, in our previous two episodes, we talked about what we found when we surveyed them. Several qualities emerged among the rock stars. Good listeners, influential over RFPs, ability to tailor approaches, focus, true consultative approach, enjoyment of the game, extroversion, and entrepreneurship. When it comes to patterns and themes of the year, I'd have to say they go back to that first episode when we talked about fundamental beliefs. I'd like to leave you with those things as we close out this calendar year and start another one. The first is, and always will be, integrity. It's true for everything, but especially true in government sales. It's not only the right thing to do. After all, you're helping spend the people's money. It's also the smart thing to do. People who can buy or influence purchases in the government look for signs of integrity. They're looking for vendors they can trust. They know that if they mess up an acquisition, they'll wear that mistake for a long time, perhaps years and years. You won't be trusted if you don't act with integrity. Always. We also talked about the importance of listening. A lot. Despite the barriers the government buying process may put up, You've got to learn how to make sure you're hearing, really hearing the prospects and needs and desires and understanding their pain. Then, and only then, can you come up with a valued solution or figure out that you can't. Let them know and walk away. They'll likely ask you back. I hope this review resonates. I also hope you've had a good year and will have a better one next year. And if you think we can help, continue listening. Follow us on the socials, read our book, or perhaps you'll be interested in our coaching and consulting services. Even if not, email me at rickatgovselling.com or go to the website, govselling.com, and reach us there. And thank you for listening. See how I work that listening fundamental in again? Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold.